Greetings. Good morning. Welcome to this morning's program, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Boy, I cannot believe the way time is flying. This is Sunday, the 22nd of October, 2023. The year is coming to an end. I'm going to begin by letting you know that uh, I'm here every Sunday, 9 to noon, and the podcasts for the program are on 1360khnc.com. To the podcast section, to the Olive Tree site, Monday through Friday, I host The Present Truth here on 1360 AM radio. Johnstown, Colorado. Two to three. And the podcasts are also on 1360khnc.com. The programs are streamed endlessly. There is no, we are streamed. As long as we are in the air, we are streaming. This has been a very interesting two weeks. The Holy Spirit is speaking to the world. And um, people are trying to understand what is happening. I'm going to begin with Isaiah chapter 46. In the scripture we have the prophecies of Israel's prophets, Moses, David, all of the prophets, Christ, we have his prophecies, the prophecies of the apostles, the apostle Paul in the epistles, and the book of Revelation. There is only one book that has ever been written that talks about the creation of the universe before it bega- before it came into existence what will happen after the universe is destroyed that is the bible the only way to understand what is happening in the world presently is through the Bible, through God's Word, the Holy Word of God. Christ said that uh, in Revelation chapter 10, verse 9, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We have the different uh, people that have prophesied about the future, uh, Nostradamus, many, many people. Their prophecies, yes, percentage-wise, they are, they can hit. They can predict the future but they don't predict it perfectly. Only the Word of God predicts it perfectly. 
This war that is taking place in Israel is in the Bible. It was predicted 3,000 years ago. It is taking place presently. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all of the nations surrounding Israel. We'll probably talk about nations in the region and nations internationally. It was prophesied that in the decade before Christ's return, early in the decade, anti-Semitism would become a the focus of, of the nations. Israel would be the focus, the Jewish people, and the hatred of Israel and the hatred of the Jewish people by the nations in general within the churches of God there would be an anti-Semitic spirit in the seven lampstands and even in Israel you would have family that would hate family Jewish people that would hate Jewish people then within Israel within the Jewish within, with, with Jewish people, you would have those who are declaring themselves to be Jews, but they're of the synagogue of Satan. They are not Jews. They say they are Jews. They have never been Jews. They will never be Jews. DNA tests would prove it, but they would present themselves to the world as Jewish to contaminate the uh, to destroy and bring about hatred of the Jewish people it would like also in the churches of God you would have those that would appear to be Christian that are not they come from another kingdom the kingdom of darkness then you would have Christians that would not know the doctrines of the Scripture, and they would represent Christ's kingdom, the churches of God, in a, in a uh, inaccurately. It's very difficult to prepare for programs where you're taking the scriptures from the Old Testament, New Testament, and presenting them to an audience, knowing that many in the audience may not believe that we could be in the end time, that we could be, believe that we could be in the last decade. Well, I'm not a salesman. I'm not going to sell you on anything. I'll present to you the facts, the scripture, my interpretation of scripture, and the facts that are taking place, what is taking place. And uh, I take the principle that we present things. As Christians, we present what we see, and then God will open the eyes of the listener. Christ 
would leave the crowds because he realized the crowds didn't understand what he was saying. And the crowds were following him for what they could get. Many in the body of Christ are following Christ for what they can get, for the blessings they can receive. Uh, they follow Christ because they can make an occupation. They can, it's an occupation. They can make a living using the Bible, teaching. So I'm going to start with Isaiah chapter 46. Verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is none else. I am God. There is none like me. This is what Isaiah is presenting to the children of Israel. These are the words that God has spoken to Isaiah to present to them. Remember the former things of old, what took place at the beginning. I am God. There is no one else, none else. I know of no other. I am God. There is no one like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country. Yes, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Listen to me. Yield to me. You who are hard in the heart, you that are hard, that are far from righteousness, listen to me. What has been spoken through God's prophets about our day, the time in which we live, by the apostles, by Christ himself, through the revelation that John received, that he was to document, God has told the world what is going to happen from the beginning. He declared it to his prophets. From ancient times in antiquity, he said that he would reveal from those times what is going to happen in our time. We are in the last decade. I'm not going to sell you on it. I'm going to present it to you. All the Christian people are being spoken to. The nation of Israel is being spoken to by God. The nations, God is revealing who he is to them through this conflict in Israel presently. This was predicted 3,000 years ago in the Psalms. Psalm chapter 83. Also Zephaniah chapter 1 and 2. Amos chapter 1. Daniel talked about it 
Isaiah chapter 17 talks about Damascus. Damascus is a city. There are a lot of prophecies about prophecies about Damascus. And another thing, the Lord said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, I'll read the context of it. No one knows the hour or the day, but we can know the season. We can know the month. You don't know the hour. You don't, don't, you don't know the day when he's going to return. But you can know the month. You can know the week. You won't know that day or the hour. Many have said, we cannot tell when Christ is going to return. Christ said, you don't know the day or the hour. He didn't say you wouldn't know the season. Summer, fall, winter. He didn't say you didn't know the season. He didn't say you knew the month. You will know the month. And within that month, you'll know within a two-week period when Christ will re finish all things. His return, meaning he will finish. He will take control of what he has prophesied to take place in our in our time will be concluded finished and then the millennial kingdom will begin the millennial kingdom is less than 10 years away 9 years 8 years plus we are getting very close christ gave a prophecy in the book of Matthew 24 and it's broken down into different sections A, B, C, D, E, F with points each section has a point to it like A would have point one, two, three, four, five. that would be in the time before the tribulation I say Christian people the tribulation is very close. And the indicators of the tribulation are Psalm 83. A war that takes place before the tribulation with Israel and the surrounding nations. Within Israel, a war in the Gaza Strip, a war in the West Bank. Within Israel, also a little war around the Temple Mount. The adversaries within trying to destroy Israel. Then nations surrounding Israel to the north. Terrorist groups in Lebanon, Syria. The headquarters of all operations, Damascus. And then also from north to south the present-day Jordan. Jordan is doing everything within its means right now. King Abdullah II is trying to stop this war from jumping into present-day Jordan. It is, it, it, it is going to jump into Jordan. It's heavy now in Lebanon. It is beginning to 
intensify in Syria. And very shortly, it's going to spill over into present-day Jordan. This is Psalm 83. What God declared at the beginning in ancient times is taking place now. What Christ said through a vision that he gave John the Apostle, what Christ said was going to happen, he presented it to the world in the book of Revelation. We cannot change prophecy. We cannot stop it. The world is going into hardships. We're not in tribulation yet. We're in the time of birth pains and sorrows. Matthew 24 verses 3 to maybe 8. We're in the time of birth pains and sorrows. And it's important from God's perspective that you know what God's word says about and the prophecies say about our time because this gives you it it, it bring it puts a, a fear in you. And I know some will say, Well, God is, you know, we are not to have fear. No, you're wrong. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is a holy fear. It is a productive fear. It is a fear that has value to it. The fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. And fear has, there are different ways in which you can explain fear. You are in a room. I'll give you an example. There's a tunnel oh, oh, a between uh, up around Lyons, Colorado. And it brings water from the Carter Lake Reservoir to along the Front Range to Erie. I'm sorry, to Lyons. It goes through a tunnel and down a spillway into the St. Vrain River. And we were fall time. They weren't running any water. They'd ceased irrigating. So we, a couple of friends, we decided to, we rode our bikes up to Lyons. And we went down that tunnel. As we're going through that tunnel, it's dark. You can see a little, at the end of the tunnel, you can see the little light. And so we were going to walk through the tunnel to the west side and then walk back. But as we were moving, starting to walk into the tunnel, we hear the sound of a rattlesnake. We can hear the rattles. Couldn't see it. It put fear in us. Now, would you consider that to be a godly fear or natural fear that God has given mankind so that we were warned? We were warned there was a somewhere in those leaves in the in the in the sand there was a rattlesnake. This is a natural fear that God gives man. Fear is a 
God-given experience. And we uh, turned around, never went back in there again. So with fear, God has given us the prophetic word to put a soberness in us, a godly fear, a, an attitude where we pay attention. We may not understand everything, but we're on alert. We are watching. This is what God is speaking to the corporate peoples in the world, to the nations, to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, and to the lampstands of God. God is speaking. His intention is to get everybody's attention. His purpose is to get everybody's attention. And he's getting the attention of the people in the world. But the only problem is, because we have a nature that has fallen, we have a sense of fear, but it dissipates very quickly unless you really understand the situation. If you smell smoke, there is fire. Now in Psalm 83, it is very clear. It was a Asaph, he was a, a Levite, he was a musician. King David had musicians around him that were experienced in music and singing but prophetically, they would sing what God would speak to them, and they would record it. And here's what they say in Psalm 83, and we're going to go to a, the bottom of the hour break. If you're leaving, people come in, and, and during the beginning of the program, they go to their assembly and they come back maybe after their assembly to listen in again because this is a three-hour program. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com for the Olive Tree program. But it begins, Psalm 83 begins, Lord, Lord God, don't be silent. Don't be silent. Don't be quiet. Don't be still. This is the prayer that the psalmist begins to pray because the psalmist sees hardship coming and he knows the hardship that is coming. God has to respond. God is going to have to engage. Don't be quiet. Don't be silent. Don't be still. He says, God, your enemies, your enemies are making noises, tumults. They're making noises. They are in a rage. They are upset. They are angry. Don't be quiet. We're going to go to a break. 
and we're going to come back with Psalm 83, verse 2, in a few minutes. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, <clears throat> Ministry P.O. Box 87, I'm sorry, 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. Okay, as I was saying before the break, my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. If you are leaving, uh, God bless you, and come back to the podcasts later. Psalm 83. The conflict that is taking place in Israel presently. The fulfillment 3,000 years ago, a prophecy that Israel would be attacked. The psalmist saw it and began to pray and ask God to don't be still, don't be silent, please respond. He says, your enemies are in a full rage. They are in a tumult. Those who hate you are getting ready to attack. And the psalmist says, Lord, they are attacking you. Yes, they're going to attack Israel as a nation, but Lord, they are, are, they are attacking you. Those who hate you are getting ready to attack. They're ready to arrogantly protest against your plan with the children of Israel. They are making, verse 3, they are making secret plans, planning, plotting against your people. They hate you, but Lord, they're plotting against your people. They say, come, let's destroy them, let's wipe them out as a nation. Then no one will ever remember 
the name of Israel. And he's saying that before the attack, the war begins, there's already dialogue, there's secret meetings, there are plans. Not for not in a two-week period, not in a two-month, but at least a two-year period where the enemies are plotting, plotting. The enemies are planning on how they're going to destroy Israel. And these enemies are not just in one area. They are within the nation of Israel. They are surrounding the nation, the nations surrounding Israel. To the north, Lebanon, Syria. To the east, present-day Jordan. Within the Gaza, the terrorists in Gaza and the West Bank. These are ancient enemies. They are not recent enemies. These are enemies that go back thousands of years, back to when the children of Israel came out of Egypt into the wilderness and out of the wilderness into Canaan. This hatred has been smoldering for 3,000 plus years. And eventually it will have enough momentum and a way in which to erupt into fire to flames. Verse 5, they're united in their plan. And what did God say in the book of Genesis? If man is one, whatever he desires to do will come to pass. If man is one, if mankind is one, whatever they desire to do will come to pass. So they are saying here, they say, come, let's destroy them. Let's wipe them out as a nation. No one will ever remember the name of Israel. They are united in their plans, their plot. Those, they have made an agreement. There's a covenant. And these covenants are to death. These covenants are against you, meaning against God himself. Then verse 6, starting with verse 6. 6 is always a negative number. It is a, a number of, in a sense, kind of rebellion. It says, the families, the tents of Edom, which is Esau, Jacob's twin brother. The tents of Esau, Edom, and the Ishmaelites. Jacob, Jacob's mother, Rachel, told Jacob not to marry the children of Ishmael. And Esau, and Esau was offended, and the first thing he did is he took to wife an Ishmaelite woman of the children of Ishmael. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites. Moab and the Hagrites. Now Moab was a son of Lot. He's the, the first son of Lot through his daughter. When Lot 
came out of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is family. Lot was uh, Abraham's nephew. So this is family. With Edom or Esau, this is family. This is Jacob's brother. Then with Moab, you have Lot, Abraham's nephew, his oldest boy. Moab and the Hagrites, the people that lived in that land in present-day Jordan. Then you have the people of Bib Biblos. This is uh, an area that was up north in Lebanon. In the, in the area of Lebanon. Then you have Ammon. Ammon, the area is northern Jordan, around Ammon, Jordan. Ammon is the second son of Lot to a second daughter, a younger daughter. There are two daughters. The older daughter had Moab. The younger daughter had Ammon. This is family. Then you have Amalek. Amalek was of the, the tribes that hated the Jewish people. They were not related. They were people of the area. Amalek, Philistia, Philistia. These would be the people that the Philistines that pretty much roamed, I think they were in the southwest of present-day Israel, which would be the Gaza Strip and the inhabitants of Tyre. Again, going north of Israel in present-day Lebanon along the coast. Biblos and Tyre. So this is exactly what you have happening presently. You have along the area of Philistia, the Philistines in the present-day Gaza. Then you have in Jordan, you have Ammon, Moab, Edom. Up north you have Byblos and you have Tyre. Even Assyria has joined them. Assyria stretched way north and east, but it did come into present-day Syria and drop into the region of Lebanon. The region of Lebanon. So that whole area is what Asaph is talking about in Psalm 83. I'm taking my time so that you see that this war was prophesied 3,000 years ago and the people that are mentioned in Psalm 83 are the peoples that surround, that live in the surrounding nations of Israel, to the north, to the east, within Assyria, Syria. And these people that are in the West Bank, they are families from all these different groups. They have come 
it says Assyria has joined them. It, and Assyria is going to help Ammon and Moab. Jordan doesn't want to be involved. But they're going to need help in this war. So Syria is going to help them. Syria is going to help Ammon and Moab, or present-day Jordan, King Abdullah II. It's going to help all of these descendants of Lot, which have always been enemies of Israel, even with uh, Abraham and his the people that work for him and Lot, the people that work for him, they both were very successful with cattle. And so there was kind of, there was conflict. There wasn't kind of, there was conflict between Lot and Abraham trying to decide our herds are too big. Who's going to get the choice land? Abraham told Lot to choose. Lot took the pleasant valleys, the fertile valleys. But still, there was always animosity between Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Lot, Lot's children, Moab and Ammon. They've always been enemies of Israel. Verse 9. Now this is where we are, we, the people in America, the people of the nations, we, especially in America, we do not like to see war. We don't like war. We not only do we want to not be involved in it, but we are. We don't like to see conflict. We don't like to see people die. That's a natural, just nature. But in these verses, God is trying to. Give the reader the thought. And Christ gave us the thought in the book of Revelation that in the time before Christ returns, mankind is going to have a hatred of mankind. The wicked people of the world are going to begin to destroy the good people of the world through war, famines, through diseases, plagues, through hatred, through violence, through religion. And the world doesn't want to doesn't want to have to handle this truth, this reality. But we're here. So it says in verse 9, God, do to them what you did to Midian. There has to be justice. Without justice, mankind lose hope, loses hope. In America, there is no justice. The people of America are losing hope. There's a battle in Israel that's being waged. Israel is being forced to fight. In this country, there is a battle that is being waged. A government that uh, doesn't, that does whatever it wants. A battle is being waged here. We don't like it, but we see it. 
We would like to change it. But it's going, we're not going to change what this government has become. Has begun, become. There's the government. There's the people of the land. The American people. The American government. Two different creatures. God is saying here very clearly. And the Christian people. And the nation of Israel. They have to accept the fact that there will be these wars that are going to take place and you're going to have enemies of God, enemies of mankind in general, enemies of Israel, enemies of the Christian family. Can't change it. He says, God, do to them what you did to Midian which you did to Sisera and Jabin at the Kishron, Kishron River. They died at Endor. Their bodies rotted. Due to the important leaders, the princes and the nobles, what you did to Oreb. Due to the princes, what you did to Zeba and Zimuna. They said, let's take ourselves Let's take to ourselves the pasture lands that belong to God. In other words, let's take over Israel. This is exactly what's happening with the Palestinian solution, the, the two-state solution. Take over Israel. Eliminate Israel. Destroy Israel. It's right here in Psalm 83. Let's take their pasture lands. Let's take these lands that belong to God. Then the Asaph says, But God, make them like tumbleweeds, like chaff blown away before the wind, rootless and landless. Be like a fire to burn a for that burns a forest, or like flames that blaze through the hills. Chase, pursue them, storm upon them. Frighten them with your wind. Cover them with shame. And when, as you do this, people will look to you. They will seek you. They will know that you are God. This is the, one of the things that God is going to do in the decade before his return is he is going to bring an awareness to all the world, the peoples of the world that he is alive, that he is involved with everything that is happening in the world. He's involved in what's happening in the United States of America. He's involved in what's happening in Europe in the war in Russia and Ukraine with China and what China is doing, diplomatic relationships with the Asian sisters, preparing them in dialogue for the coming war of Armageddon. God is involved. God is speaking to the world. He's using great signs and wonders 
One of the signs, war. Another sign, famines. Another war, distress in the nations. Problems with no answers. Dif difficulties, no solutions. God is speaking to the world. There is going to be a change in Israel at the time of Christ. John the Baptist preceded Christ in affecting the religious, the, the, the Jewish people and their, their religion. But his, he didn't go to the temple to preach. He went into the wilderness and he cried, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what God is saying to the nations, to Israel, to the children of God in the churches. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Shortly after John, this was his message in the wilderness. And when Christ came to begin his ministry, he began, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There was change coming. John the Baptist was speaking of an individual who was coming to change everything, the Messiah. The Messiah said the same thing, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because he was coming to change the society of Israel the religious world of Israel. He was coming to change the, the way that man would worship from knowing God in knowledge to knowing Christ, knowing who he was at his resurrection with the Holy Spirit within bringing a new way in which God was going to work with the world in power, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of individuals, inside of mankind. Christ was saying, I'm going to change the world by my spirit inside of people. And everything changed. For 2,000 years, the change has been taking place. Now, with all these prophecies that are being fulfilled, God is saying, I am going to, I want, I'm going to reveal to the world that my Bible from the beginning is accurate. And what I said is going to happen and what I have declared is going to take place. What I've declared cannot be changed. What I've declared cannot be stopped. What I have declared cannot be interfered with. Whether mankind, whether the nations, Israel, or the churches of God want to accept it or not, it's irrelevant. What I have declared is going to take place. The hardships that I have spoken are going to take place. I have clearly stated in the book of Revelation that there would be hatred of man 
toward his fellow man, mankind will be so evil that mankind through technology will try to destroy mankind and all of creation. I have, God has used the scriptures to tell us clearly God's punishments will come. God's punishments do take place also to time. But there's the wrath of man. There's the wrath of God. The wrath of man will destroy mankind. Christ talks about it in Revel in Matthew 24. And if he doesn't stop the tribulation of those days and the hardships, no flesh will be saved. Meaning mankind will destroy itself and all of creation. This is the nature of man, destructive. But God said, Christ said, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to put an end to it. I have to. Otherwise, no flesh will be saved. Mankind and the creation will cease to exist. So I have to put a stop to it. This is the wrath of man on man. It's very difficult to talk about God punishing nations. But it's God's way to protect nations. Job said in uh, chapter 9, I've talked about this before. That in the time in which we live, and not just in the last decade, but in the last hundred years plus, Job said that God, that God is going to turn the world over into the hands of the wicked. He has done that. The world is being governed by the wicked. Behind the scenes, this war in Palestine is being directed by these... I want to be careful how I phrase this. By, yes, powerful people in a global order who have been controlling Islam. The problem is they have been able to, like steering a vehicle, they've been able to use a steering mechanism to direct it the way they wanted it to go. They have lost the control of the steering mechanism. The global order of the West with economies running, ruining or establishing economies financially, they have been able to steer. They have lost the steering mechanism. Things are now out of their control. They're not going to be able to recover what the power that they have held. And because of that, now 
things are going to begin to clash. We've lost the steering mechanism in controlling China. We've lost the steering mechanism to control Islam. The steering mechanism to control economies. To bend nations to our will. We'll be back. Rick Rodriguez, Olive Tree Ministry. Freely Loveland, Fort Collins. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The Tree Farm's 50 cent tree sale is going on now. Choose from thousands of carryout sized trees that are easy to handle and easy to plant. While supplies last, buy the first tree at regular price and mix or match a second tree for only 50 cents. Thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, fruit trees, evergreen trees, ornamental trees, and more. Also, huge savings on shrubs and perennials. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. I've learned to stand with people that are in the storm and who have courage. And if there's a man out there other than President Trump and just a few others that have really proven their mettle in the furnace, it's Mike Lindell. You're not going to get better towels, better sheets, better slippers, better beds, better hundreds of products made in America anywhere. It's ridiculous how high quality it is, how ridiculous the prices are low. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach Urban Survival Training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. KHNC is proud to carry MyKind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top shelf tinctures, hemp salve, 
moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. Reasons to Own Gold. Brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank. Which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 my name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. Get ready to embark on an extraordinary journey with Kelvin Crosby, better known as the Deaf Blind Potter, and his over 15 million followers right here on KHNC every Monday at 5 o'clock p.m. Kelvin will motivate you and show you how to live beyond life's challenges right here on AM 1360. Hi, my name is Sam Cheshire. My wife Lisa and I own Build Design America in Longmont, Colorado. We've been in business for over 30 years, offering full-service flooring to Northern Colorado. A few years ago, we started into Kibis Studios. We offer full-service kitchen and bath remodeling along with a design service. We're located in Longmont at 665 Frontage Road. Our phone number is 303-772-1202. And we also offer free design services. So give us a call, 303-772-1202. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network.
Welcome to Hour 2 of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. Monday through Friday, I host The Present Truth from 2 to 3 here daily on 1360khnc AM radio. And my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. We are in the prophecy of Psalm 83. In this prophecy, uh, the nations are divided. What is the solution with this war in Israel. The solution is going to be total victory for Israel over all of the terrorist groups. The uh, what we what the press calls the Muslim Brotherhood. Different factions of the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, they have der- many different names, Houthi, just different names. Same religion. The globalists have tried to control and they have tried to um, assist the Muslim people and they have now lost the steering mechanism. This is what the Bible says would happen. In I'm, I'm, I was listening to a program earlier in the week, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network. I generally don't have time to watch what is happening in the Christian world. I read what I can. But there was a gentleman on uh, that was a guest. He, he was a rabbi, young man, or uh, in his 60s. And... Uh, this was very interesting. I've talked about Genesis chapter 1 
I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 6 at the time of Noah, before the flood. I'm going to read it. It came to pass when man, man began to multiply in the face of the earth, daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives, all of which, all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. We have now come to that point. God is no longer, his spirit is no longer going to strive with man. Man is flesh. Man is fallen. The nature of man is evil. God is no longer going to strive with man. He has to, and he is allowing the prophecies of the time in which we live to come to pass. And these prophecies all speak of hardships and wars. And the Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. His day shall be 120 years. There were giants in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, when they mated with women, these, these angels, fallen angels, mated with women, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. God saw that the wickedness of man is great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented God that he made man on earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Let's see. Yep. I have created man. I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowl of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, verse 11. This is the verse I'm getting to. The earth was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with Hamas. The earth was filled with Hamas. The Hebrew word for violence is Hamas. We are in the period of time known as violence. The, the violence at the end of the world. Islam has declared war on the world. The Christian people don't realize this. The Christian people are trying to make friends with Islam through like Rick, Rick Warren, Chris Lam, things of this nature. The God is not going to strive with the members in the body of Christ that don't want truth. God will not strive. His spirit is not going to strive with the Christian people that don't know the word, that don't want to know the word, that don't want to believe the truth. The mercy of God 
always resides upon those that want to know truth. The goodness, the kindness, the mercy, the tender mercies, the blessings, the favor, all that God has planned for His children always resides on the children that want to know the truth. The children who want to live righteously, who want to be holy, the that have no hidden motive. We're in the time of Hamas. We're in the time of violence. I heard this young rabbi, or this rabbi, he wasn't, yeah, I guess he was young, in his 60s, talking about this word. In the book of Genesis chapter 11, violence. And here's what it says in the, in the uh, Strong's. It means violence by implication. It means wrong, unjust gain, cruel, damage, false, injustice, oppressor, unrighteous, violence, violent, violent dealing, wrong. This is a spirit. And as I talk about the nation of Jordan and the war that's coming to Jordan with Edom, Moab, and Ammon, I'm not only talking about people like uh, lineages. I'm talking about, and this is the way Christian people have to view it. You're talking about powers, principalities, rulers, Paul talked about these rulers in Ephesus. These are spirits. People that are, that, that uh, you have a, a spirit of alcoholism. It's not genetic. It can be demons from generation to generation, but it is spiritual. And this war that's taking place in Israel right now is a spiritual war. It's a spirit of violence, or you can call it Hamas, that is going to intensify internationally. Earlier in the week, Islam flew a black flag over one of the mosques, I think it was in Mecca. This means Islam is now at war with the world. This is what Christ said would happen in the time before he returns. It's in the Bible. It will happen it will occur. No, no one can stop it. Christ will end it. Christ will stop it. The religious wars that are going to begin have begun. At the end of the world, in the time before Christ returns, have begun. The coming son of perdition, the man of sin, and his religion... His occult religion is going to be another religion that is, is rising. But God said, kingdoms divided against itself cannot stand. And, and this kingdom of the world, the kingdom of the cosmos, the kingdom of the Antichrist kingdom, is at war with itself. Within Islam, 
Many in Islam will kill each other. The nations won't have to kill and be at war with Islam to battle with them. They are at war with themselves. Daesh, ISIS, Hamas, Hezbollah, they're already at war with themselves. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. With the coming Antichrist kingdom, there will also be division in that kingdom. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Within Christendom, within the true Christian churches, it is a house divided. The true Christian churches, the seven lampstands, are divided. This kingdom cannot stand, but within, within the body of Christ, there is a group. It's referred to as the gates of hell will not prevail against the builded church. The builded church. There's the name Ecclesia. Ecclesia is not the whole church. The whole church is a church. It's a family. But in that whole family, there is a faithful group. Israel as a family, there was only a faithful group. Always a faithful group, a small residue. Within the churches, there's only a residue that is faithful to God. It is called the builded church. It is the intact church. It is the church that is cohesive in its view of God, Christ, the prophecies, and of the Holy Spirit. It is, it is united. It is cohesive. It is built. It is one. But the family of God, no. The family of God the, as a whole is dysfunctional. Within the churches in America right now, you're going to have many different views of this war in Israel. There's one view that Psalm 83 presents. Israel is forced. If she doesn't fight it, this will be genocide. And people, if the nations of the world, Israel, as time goes on, the nations will realize that uh, the enemy is not Israel. The enemy is not is Hamas, Hezbollah, all these other segments of Islam. But the Bible says it would happen. It would come to, to pass. It would, it would, it would uh, occur. Violence on the earth, not just in Israel. It will happen in Europe. It will happen in America, in Canada, where Islam will not thrive will be in China and Russia 
So the whole world is at war. Whether they want to be at war or not, they're at war with religions. The uh, two victims of the religious war is going to be Israel and the seven churches of God. These will be the victims. The Christian churches, as the persecution begins, the Christian churches will flourish. They will become more powerful. The Christian churches will become more pure. And why? Because like Israel, there will be those in Israel who are going to depend on their God and the whole state of Israel will be there unknowingly protecting that small group within Israel of the elect of God who must live and go into the millennial kingdom. The whole body of Christ unknowingly is working to protect this residue in the heart of this body of, uh, of this Christian, this heart, of this uh, what we call Christianity, true Christianity, for the residue. And in the world, in the nations, the nations are going to be at war to protect individuals within the countries that must go into the millennial kingdom. We believers, we will go into the millennial kingdom, but in our new bodies after the resurrection. So with this matter of Genesis, the whole world will be at war because of violence, a spirit, the world will be at war with Hamas. This will be the spirit of the time that we're in. But it does say that in Hebrews chapter 12, that we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This kingdom, the true kingdom of Christ, of Jesus Christ, this kingdom in time will not be shaken. And then when Christ sets up his kingdom on the earth, cannot be shaken. It will be a kingdom of peace. Right now we're in the kingdom where there is violence. And the violence shall take it by force. And Christ said for the 2,000 years that the church, what we call church age, during this period of time before we're resurrected, it will be, we will be in a time of violence. And we take it by force through prayer, through spiritual means, not by guns, not with bullets, not with knives, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how we are victorious, through our prayers, through waging warfare to protect ourselves from the contamination of the culture. It's a battle. We're engaged daily in a battle to protect ourselves 
from the sins of the nation. No, a lot had to protect himself in Sodom and Gomorrah in the valley. He had to protect himself from the culture, from what it was. It was a sinful culture, a culture of idolatry, a culture of sex, sexual perversion. We Christians have to protect ourselves also from the culture, from what it is and what it's become and what it's going to become. We have, it hasn't fully developed yet. The evil is not fully mature. It is going to, evil is going to mature in a fashion that is going to be unbelievable in the months and years to come. But Christ is warning the world that in the last decade, there will be nations against nations Races against races, religions against religions. There's the, with the New World Order, with the Illuminati, there's the religions of Satan, straight out Satanism, Luciferianism. Then you have Within Christianity, you have false Christianity, which in itself is at war with true Christianity. Then you have China. Communism is a religion. Socialism. Fascism, it's religions. We have it right here in this country. We, as communists, in, in a sense, in, th in our thinking, we're at war with, well, we are, I don't even know how to phrase it. America's at war with the world. Our control of the world since 1945 we have been so used to this power we have gone mad and we have we think that we're going to be able to fight this war against these religions and the what is coming into this country there's no there are no solutions no solutions Now, with the wars, like Psalm 83, the re at the end, Israel is going to be victorious over these countries. And this is just the beginning. Then you're going to have regional wars. This is the wars that are locally within and around Israel. These are the, the nations surrounding Israel. Then you're going to have regional wars. And um, then you're going to have distant wars. The war coming, coming war with Russia against Israel, China, America.
all the nations. You might say, like a a point, uh, the 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 center of everything is going to be Israel. We're watching it develop right now. Then, another thing. This country. We will support Israel. We have to. I'll talk more about that when we get back in just a few minutes. Podcast 1360KHNC.com Olive Tree Ministry. Rick Rodriguez. Any major disaster, especially weather-related, when the power goes out, can cause people to suddenly panic. Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted, and food is hard to find. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home, or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months? That's why the smart move is to secure your family's personal supply of the most reliable emergency food you can buy. Having at least four weeks worth of food is not a luxury, it's mandatory. If you don't want you and your family to end up in this situation, go to 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button at the top of the page. That's 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button. Okay, well, this is, it's a difficult thing to talk about this. Israel is going to be victorious in this war. America is not going to be allowed to interfere. The European nations will not interfere. I talk about this on the Present Truth program. I have to rehearse it here because many of you aren't able to listen during the week. America will support Israel financially, politically. At the same time, America must help Iran and some of the Islamic nations because America makes sure that no, you know, whether it be Israel or Iran or Russia, in the Middle East, we make sure that no one becomes too powerful to, to interfere with our objectives. Israel is behind the scenes, not being spoken. You're not seeing the truth in most of the media that you're watching. Israel, on this campaign, is moving forward day by day and gaining momentum and being victorious and becoming stronger. This is 
something the United States cannot allow. America is going to want to do whatever is possible to stop this conflict. But this time Christ says it's not going to be stopped. In Psalm 83, God is saying, and I say it's Christ, America is not going to interfere, though America is going to try to interfere. NATO is not going to interfere with all of the nations that are just going to be violently mad, just angry. The Arab nations are not going to be able to interfere with this the victories that are going to come to Israel. Israel is going to be victorious in Lebanon. Israel is going to occupy the Gaza Strip. Many Christians will not understand. They will be upset. The Palestinian people are going to be moved out. The women and children... Hamas is trying to keep them in this state in northern Israel, in that area, to use them as cover. God is going to relocate them. Present-day Jordan does not want refugees. Egypt does not want the refugees. No one wants these refugees. The Hamas, they want the refugees to stay in country. They need shields. The best shields that you can buy are children and women and young boys. They're moving the young men, the young men out of there. I'm going to tell you the strategy. This is the army to come in the next five, six years. That's why they're trying to move out these young 13, 14, 15, 17-year-old kids. These kids, it's too late. Most of them have been radicalized. They're moving them out so that they don't die in this present war because they're going to be the soldiers in the next two, three, four, five years. If they're 16 years of age, they are already trained in war. They are trained to look innocent to look um, you know they're, they're not a threat they are this is what God Christ has portrayed through the Bible there must be an army Islamic army presently there must be an army next year through the next nine years this army is going to become begin to get bigger but it's going to be at war with itself they're going to kill each other. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Within the nations, the nations that are going to go to war with each other, God is going to protect the people that need to be protected to go into the millennial kingdom. Israel is going to take over Gaza. Then 
Israel is going to be successful in present-day Lebanon. Israel is not going to take over the land of Lebanon. It was going to take out the terrorists and be successful. Israel will take out the terrorists in Syria. Israel will take out the terrorists in Jordan when Jordan joins into the battle. Israel is going to be victorious. Israel, when it destroys Damascus, is going to destroy the command center. Now, there are prophecies against Ammon in Jordan, which is Ammon Jordan. This is Ezekiel 25. I don't have the time to read all the verses, so I'm going to give you the chapters to read. Ezekiel 25, the prophecy against Ammon. These prophecies did occur once before, but they're going to occur again in the near future. Ezekiel 25, verses 1 through verse 7. The word of the Lord came to me. He said, Son of man, look to the people of Ammon. Speak against them for me. Say to them, Listen to the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord says. You were happy when my holy places were destroyed. You were against the land of Israel when it was polluted. You were against the family of Judah when the people were carried away as prisoners. This is in Gaza area. I will give you to the people from the east. They will get your land. Their armies will set up their camps in your country and live among you. They will eat your fruit, drink your milk. I will make the city Rabbah as a pasture for camels and the country of Ammon as a sheep pen. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. You will you were happy that Jerusalem was destroyed. You clapped your hands and stamped your feet. You had fun insulting the land of Israel. I'm going to punish you. You will be like a valuable you will be like the valuable thing soldiers take in war. You will lose your inheritance, die in faraway lands. I will destroy your country, then you will know that I am God. This did happen before, but it's going to happen again. So this Ammon is the daughter the young, of Lot's youngest daughter's first son. Then the prophecy against Moab, which is Lot's second daughter, second child to his younger daughter. This is what the Lord says. Moab and Seir. The family of Judah is just like any other nation. I will cut into Moab's shoulder. I will take away the cities that are in its borders, the glory of the land, Beth, Jesh, Imoth, Baal, Meon, and Kiriathiam. Then I will give these cities to the people of the east. They will get your land. I will also let these people from the east destroy the Ammonites. And the people will forget that they were ever a nation. I will punish Moab. They will know that I am the Lord. This did take place. They were invaded by the people of the east. But now 
they're going to be invaded by Israel. Israel is going to occupy the old English term Transjordan, which is present-day Jordan. I remember reading about this back in the 80s, and I have to kind of rehearse a lot of things. Now, prophecy against Edom. This is Jacob's brother, Esau. This is what the Lord says. The people of Edom turned against the family of Judah. They tried to get even. The people of Edom are guilty. So the Lord God says, I will punish Edom. I will destroy the people and the animals in Edom. I will destroy the whole country of Edom, all the way from Teman to Dedan. The Edomites will be killed in battle. I will use my people Israel and give, get even against Edom. In this way, the people of Israel will show my anger against Edom. My people will show my anger against Edom. Meaning, Israel, the people of Israel, are going to be the ones to punish Edom. Then the people of Edom will know that I punished them. This is what the Lord God says. Again, this is Ezekiel 25. I've talked about all of present-day Jordan. Now I'm going to go to the land of the Philistines, which is present-day Gaza Strip. This is what the Lord God says. The Philistines tried to get even. They were cruel, very cruel. They let their anger burn inside them too long. So the Lord God said, I will punish the Philistines. Yes, I will destroy those people from Crete. I will completely destroy the people who live in the seacoast. I will punish them. I will get even. I will let my anger teach them a lesson. Then they will know that I am God. So even in Crete, the nation or the island, it's even mentioned that these people that will be anti, that will be, uh, be at war with Israel will be on the island of Crete and along the coasts, meaning Gaza. This is how clear the scripture is. And Israel is going to be the one to punish them. In Amos chapter 2, this will be uh, the people of Moab. So this is the middle part of present-day Jordan. This is what the Lord says. Because of your sins, the, the three and four transgressions of Moab, I will punish them. They burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. They desecrated the tomb. It was a, uh, I will send fire on Moab. That will destroy, consume, devour the strong buildings, the city of Kirioth. The people of Moab will die in great noise in the middle of the sounds of war and trumpets with shouting war cries. I will bring an end to and destroy the king of Moab. I will kill its leaders with him, says the Lord. This happened in the past. It's going to happen again. It must happen again. Also in Amos chapter 2, it talks about Judah and Israel, how God is going to punish them. The punishment is coming later, uh, once again, after the 
this war in Psalm 83 is concluded. Now in Jeremiah 49, there's quite a bit to say about present-day Jordan with the Ammonites, Moabites, and Edomites that live in that area. Quite a bit to say. This is out of Jeremiah. This is the message about the Ammonites. This is what the Lord says. You Ammonites, do you think the people of Israel don't have children? Do you think there are no children to take the land when the parents die? Maybe this is why Milcom took Gad's land. The Lord says, The time will come in Rabbah of Ammon, of Ammon, when people will hear the sounds of battle. Rabbah of Ammon will be destroyed. It will be an empty hill covered with ruinous buildings. The towns around it will be burned. But those, but those people force the people of Israel to live, leave their own land. But later Israel will force them to leave. Israel will force them to leave. This is what the Lord says. The people in Hezbron cry, cry because the town of Ai is destroyed. Women in Rabbah of Ammon cry, put on sackcloth sock, sack and cry. Run to the city for safety because the enemy will, be, will take away the god Milcom with his priests and officials. You brag, brag about your strength, but you are losing your strength. You trust in your wealth to save you. You think no one would ever think of attacking you. But this is what the Lord Yahweh Sabaoth says. I will bring troubles to you from every side. You will run away. No one will be able to bring you back together again. The Ammonites will be taken away as captives, but the time will come when I will bring the Ammonites back. So in other words, God is going to punish, but then God is going to recover it is God who is going to protect the women and the young children of the, what we call Palestinians. They're Egyptians. They're from Arab nations. They're not, they're not Palestinians. It's a made-up term. They didn't exist over 100 years ago. Palestine is a creation of Israel. That word comes from the Romans, actually. They called present-day Israel Palestine, and the, and the British took the name Palestine and made the term Palestinians about 100 years ago, almost. But no, they're from Egypt. They've come from Egypt. They've come from the desert to the east. They've come from Syria. They've come from all over. Now, then, in Jeremiah 49, it also talks now about Esau. This is the message about Edom. Is there no more wisdom in Teman? Are the wise men of Edom not able to give good advice? Have they lost their wisdom? Do people living in Dedan run away and hide? This, this is north... This is uh, southwest Saudi Arabia. You people living in Dedan, you run, hide, 
I will punish Esau for the bad things he did. His workers pick grapes from grapevines, but they leave a few grapes on the plant. If thieves come at night, they don't take away everything, but I will take away everything from Esau. I will find all his hiding places. He will not be able to hide from me. His children, relatives, neighbors will all die. No one will be left to care for his children. His wives will have no one to depend on. This is what the Lord says. Some people don't deserve to be punished, but they suffer. But Edom, you deserve to be punished. You will really be punished. You will not escape the punishment you deserve. You will be punished. The Lord says, by my own power, I will make this promise. I promise that the city of Basra will be destroyed. It will become a ruinous pile of rocks. People will use it as an example when they ask for bad things to happen to other cities. People will insult that city. All the towns around Basra will become ruins forever. Israel has to take over present-day Ammon or Ammon or Jordan and Edom and Moab, the whole nation. Basra is going to be an area where the children of Israel during the time when a man declares himself to be God in the temple in Israel, they have to run to the east into present-day Jordan, into an area called Petra. They have to live there for three and a half years to be protected from the armies of Antichrist, an area called Basra. And eventually, Basra will be destroyed. I heard a message from the Lord. He sent his messengers to the nations. This is the message. Gather your armies together. Get ready, get ready for battle. March against the nation of Edom. Edom, I will make you become unimportant. Everyone will hate you. Edom, you have made other nations afraid. So you thought you were important. But your pride has fooled you. You live in caves high off the cliffs. Your home is on high, is high on the hills. But even if you build your home as high as the eagle's nest, I will bring you down from there. This is what the Lord says. The Lord knows in these verses, the Lord knows the people. He knows the areas. He knows the present day nations. He spoke of them 3,000, 3,500 years ago. He's God is intricately involved in the details of what is happening in these nations today. If you go to the book of Revelation chapter 13, the details in Revelation 13 that John wrote in that vision, the details in Revelation 13 talk about the most sophisticated types of technology the world has ever known. Christ knew about it. John documented it in Revelation 13. Two people, it's, a, it's the story of two people, two evil people who serve Satan that have given, given power. And the technology that they will use to destroy the nations and the technology that they will use inside of their own kingdom, America, 
technology that no one can buy and sell if you don't take the number or the mark or worship the image. What kind of technology is this? We are we listen to it every day. The hologram. This is the technology. Christ knew about it. And 3,000 years ago, through the prophets of Israel, the prophets were clearly stating what would happen in the time in which we live in present-day Jordan. Transjordan didn't exist. But eventually, the British gave all of present-day Israel and present-day Israel and the area that is called Transjordan used to belong to Israel. Then they decided to take Transjordan back, or Jordan. But Israel, when this war is concluded, is going to have the land base of Israel and Transjordan under her control once again. What God said, what He declared from the beginning will take place. As he has purposed it, it will come to pass. As he has spoken it, it will happen. Anti-Semitism, the, the hatred of the nations toward Israel, Christ said it would happen. He told the Jewish people, they're going to hate you. He told the Christian people, they're going to hate you. He said, that the Christians will persecute the Jews. It has happened. The Christians will kill their own brothers and the Jewish people will turn on their own families. It's happened already right now in Israel. Many do not, cannot tolerate Benjamin Netanyahu. They do not like him. But he's the king of Israel presently. He's the king that is going to get the victories for Israel. There's nothing we can do to stop it. And the Christian people, we are to pray for Israel. We are to pray for the Jewish people. We are to pray they be protected. And God is going to punish them in, in the coming days. But that will be God's doing, not our doing. In spite of the hardships coming to Israel, there are going to be hardships coming to the body of Christ. We are to pray for each other. And uh, we're going to have, there's going to be, uh, we're going to have to forgive people because Christians are going to begin to persecute Christians. And uh, we're going to have to learn how to forgive. We'll be back in to, for the next hour in a few minutes. Be back. Hey, folks, Larry Elder here. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. 
and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Eldorados, you got to get in touch with Y-Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky, they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call. 888-YREFI24. Click on investyrefi.com or call 888-YREFI24. You will be glad you did. The Federal Reserve is in control of our money, but lately control is the last word you would use to describe the Fed. Emergency rate cuts, huge increases in their balance sheet, the constant blowing of bubbles and boom and bust cycles that just leave most of us busted. I'm Joe Jaquin, owner of the Patriot Trading Group, and we have been You're protecting to people's the roar wealth of the for almost 25 KHNC. years. Stop the rain. a.m. Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot-tall flowering tree for only two sixty-nine fifty, and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only two seventy. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm. Bleed stop. Clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound, apply direct pressure, and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds. Bleed stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B, Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0492, 720-680-0492. 
Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. If you've ever been frustrated or frightened by a cut or a nosebleed that won't stop bleeding or had an emergency where bleeding can't be controlled, you need Bleed Stop. It's a safe-in-the-wound, non-stinging, FDA-cleared powder that's clinically proven to quickly and easily stop bleeding even for severe wounds and for people on blood thinners or people with nosebleeds. My oldest son cut himself with a knife quite badly, and we had Bleed Stop with us, and we put it on the wound, and it stopped the bleeding. Bandages don't do much to stop the bleeding, certainly not if you're on a blood thinner. Bleed Stop stop works. Simply put bleed stop onto any cut or wound, apply pressure and watch the bleeding stop. Easy to apply, it doesn't burn, it doesn't sting. Take away your bleeding fear. Bleed stop absolutely works even if you're on blood thinners or suffer from nosebleeds. Bleed stop is used in emergency rooms across the country. Bleed stop only works if you have it on hand. Imagine what bleed stop can do for a serious cut. Find bleed stop by clicking on the bleed stop button on the 1360KHNC webpage. Get yours today. Trees make you feel good, and the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale will make you feel even better. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 6-8-foot-tall aspen clump for $169.50 and mix and match another tree for only 50 cents. That's two trees for only one seventy. You take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the Tree Farm. The globalists say resistance is futile. Will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty? Find out how on Pac-Man and the Rev, Saturdays from 1 to 2. Sometimes the truth hurts. All of your electronic devices can be severely damaged by lightning bolts and power surges. Even worse, an EMP attack can destroy everything, leaving our technology-dependent society with no technology. But don't let that be you. Go to EMPShield.com and put KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield is an electromagnetic pulse, solar flare, and lightning protection system made to protect you and your electronics. Again, go to EMPShield.com and type KHNC in the promo code box. EMPShield.com. 1360 KHNC is proud to announce our partnership with My Kind CBD a local Colorado-based company that uses no pesticides, no herbicides, completely organic, no heavy metals. All their products are CAO certified. That's right, independently lab certified. Our prices are the best in the country. Go out to 1360KHNC.com and hit the shopping cart button and make your purchase today. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network.
of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the third hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site or to the Present True site, the program I host through the week, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. And again, the uh, website or the podcast are on 1360khnc.com. It's a very difficult topic to be able to present Psalm 83 and the war that is taking place and the outcome of that war, Israel is going to defeat all of the Islamic terrorist groups in the war. This is going to, is, has already caused, oh, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, what you, the Ukraine war was on was the on the front burner but now the Ukraine war is fading and every day all of the news outlets are covering what's happening in Israel the uh, Palestinian problem and it has been a problem for the Arab nations the two-state solution has ended. There will be no two-state solution. Russia is now beginning to show its true colors, supporting Hamas, 
doing what is possible to support the armies that are in the conflict with Israel. This is going to bring Russia's punishment, the prophecy being fulfilled in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Some Christian people understand the history of the prophecies of Ezekiel 38 39 and how Russia will come with many nations in the old Soviet bloc, Turkey, Iran, Ethiopia from the south, Libya from North Africa, the same with uh, Ethiopia to attack Israel. After the war of Psalm 83 is concluded, they'll kind of, they might kind of butt up to each other. I'm trying to see exactly how how close they are between Israel's victory over the terrorists in these surrounding nations and within and then when Russia and Iran will come Russia and Iran right now are uh, in uh, meetings with Hezbollah with Hamas, with all of the Islamic groups in the Middle East, speaking with King Abdullah II of Jordan, with uh, al-Sisi of Egypt, with the, uh, the government of Saudi Arabia, Iraq, uh, let's see, uh, Yemen, is shooting missiles into the Middle East. The United States involved. We have our ships there. America's protect, we're there to protect our interests. But, like I've stated many times, God is not going to allow the United States, European Command, Military Command, the United Nations, the... Uh, different charity, charitable organizations bringing in food, the UN. They're not going to interfere with this war. The Palestinian, the peoples, they're not Palestinian. The peoples that have moved into the Gaza area from all the surrounding nations are going to be moved out. Israel is going to be victorious over Hezbollah, Hamas in Gaza, Hezbollah, in Lebanon, the uh, forces in Syria. I'm going to talk about Damascus. Also in Jeremiah 49, there is a message to Damascus. Damascus is one of the oldest cities in the Bible. I think maybe the oldest. But Damascus will at some point, according to these writings that were over 3,000 years old, Damascus, 2,800 years old, is going to be destroyed, 2,700 years old. Damascus, Damascus at some point will be completely eliminated from the face of the earth. This is what Jeremiah has to say in verse 23. This message is about the city of Damascus, 
Not Syria, not a nation, but a city. The towns of Hamah, Hamath, and Arphid are afraid. They are afraid because they heard the bad news. They are discouraged. What is Jeremiah saying? As Israel continues to win these battles and clear out Hamas, the violence out of Gaza, as Israel is winning these victories in Lebanon over Hezbollah, as Israel is winning these battles, taking out the uh, groups that are firing rockets into northern Israel. Damascus is disturbed. It's bad news. They can't figure out why is Israel continuing to win these battles. We have more manpower. We have more arms. We have the world on our side. All the major news networks are favoring the Palestinians or the the uh, people in Gaza. They're not Palestinians. No such thing. No such group. They're Egyptians. They're from Jordan. They're from Iran. They're from Turkey. They're from Saudi Arabia. They've moved there from all over the place. Once Israel began to prosper, it meant work. These people moved into Israel. They were workers, the initial families. They wanted work. Israel gave them work. Now they want the land. They don't want, they don't want to work the vineyards. They want to own the vineyard, meaning Israel. So the towns of Hamath and Arphid are afraid. They're afraid because they've heard the bad news. They're discouraged. They're worried and afraid. The city of Damascus has become weak. The people want to run away. Damascus is the center of operations in this war. They're the ones with many others from Iran, military planners that are assisting Hamas, Hezbollah, and uh, everything they're trying is failing. They're ready to panic. They're overcome with fear and pain, like a woman giving birth. I said that, and have been saying that in Matthew chapter 24, there will be a time of sorrows and birth pains. This is before the tribulation. Damascus will be destroyed before the tribulation. And this is exactly what it says here in Jeremiah 49, verse 24. The people, the, the commanders in Damascus, the military planners are panicking. They're overcome with fear and pain, like a woman giving birth. Damascus is a happy city. The people have a lot left. That fun city. So the young men will die in the public squares of the city. All her soldiers will be killed at the same time. This is what Yahweh Sabaoth, Lord of the hosts of heaven, says. I will set the walls of Damascus on fire. The fire will completely burn the strong forts of Ben-Hadad. 
They worship the God of fire. And they will die as the God of fire burns them. Israel is going to use some weapon to completely destroy, destroy Damascus. Damascus has been bombed. There's been many conflicts. Areas of the city are ruined. But it still exists. It's still an international city. But one of these days, it's going to be done with. Now this is what Isaiah says about Damascus. This is out of the uh, Psalm, uh, Isaiah 17. God's message to Aram. This is a message of prophecy. This is a word, a clear word about Damascus. Damascus will be destroyed. It will cease to exist. All that will remain will be the ruins. The cities of Aurora will be abandoned, deserted, desolate. And this is Damascus and surrounding area. Syria itself as a nation will continue to exist. But the area around Damascus, Damascus itself, is going to be completely destroyed. Flocks are going to wander freely in those empty towns. These flocks will lay down. No one's going to bother them, disturb them. The strong-walled fortified cities of Israel, which was the, and Ephraim was the most influential tribe of northern kingdom of Israel, they also will be destroyed. This is what's happening presently. Northern Israel, these cities are under attack. They will be destroyed, but the government in Damascus will end. This kingdom presently is going to end. Those who are left of Aram will be like the glory of Israel, says the Lord, all, the Lord of hosts. They will be like the glory. So there are going to always be some who are spared. This is the way it is with God. He comes to punish and punish righteously. But there are always those who are spared. In Gaza, women and children are going to be spared. The soldiers are going to die in the battlefield. And the young men, the the coming the, the armies to come in the future, these young men, 13, 14, 15 years old, they're going to move them out of the city. These innocent young men, supposedly, are going to become the violent armies of Hamas, the armies of violence in the future. We don't see things the way the Bible sees things. We see things the way the Bible sees things. We need to think like God sees things. We have to think through God's eyes. At that time, Israel's wealth will be gone. These wars are going to cost Israel. These wars are going to cost her heavily. Israel's wealth is going to be gone. Israel is going to 
become emaciated as a, as a nation. The war is going to cost Israel. God is going to protect Israel. But Israel at some point will not have the manpower to protect herself. That time will be like the grain harvest in the valley of Rephaim. The workers cut the wheat. Then they cut the heads of grain from the plants, collect the grain. That time will also be like the olive harvest when a tree is beaten, when few olives are left. Two or three olives are left in the top branches. Four or five olives are left in the, on full branches. At that time, now will be the time when Israel begin to look to their maker. Their eyes will see the Holy One of Israel. They're not going to trust in the altars they have made. They're not going to trust in what their hands have made. They're not going to trust their Ashereth idols. They're not going to trust their sacred trees or their poles that have been dedicated to Ashereth. Altars, these altars of incense are going to be destroyed. At that time, all the strong cities will be empty. They will be like the cities of the Hivites, the Amorites. When the Amorites left, the, the, uh, they left when the Israelites came to take the land. Everything will be ruined. The land in Syria, Israel won't take it. Israel won't take the land of Lebanon. Israel will only take over Transjordan or present-day Jordan and Gaza and occupy the West Bank. The people that are living, the Arab people, are going to leave into Jordan and beyond Jordan. They're going to move even further away toward Iraq, maybe even Iran, So this is what it says about Damascus. And what's going to happen is this war is going to affect Israel. Even, I think it's in Isaiah, through all these wars that Israel fights, it says that men are going to be rare. They're going to be like rare like the gold of Ophir. There was a particular gold back at that time in Isaiah that had, I think it was kind of an orange, beautiful orange uh, appearance. The gold of Ophir. They think that Ophir came, that gold came from Peru. That Solomon had had ships that had traveled to Peru and uh, they were able to acquire quite a bit of gold from the traders and the merchants. Men will be rare like the gold of Ophir. Seven women will take hold of a man or will go to a man and say, listen, we're well off, but we don't want to die without having a husband. Just let us use your name. We'll say that we at one time were married to you, but we don't want to be married to you. We would like to be, but we just want to use your name. Because it was a shame for women to never have been 
to have never had that name change that occurs when they're married. Just let us use your name. That's how rare men are going to be through the whole earth. All the enemies that hate God, all the enemies that hate Christ, all the that persecute the Christians, all the enemies that hate these Jewish people are going to be killed in battle. These are the coming battles where millions are going to die in battles. The Chinese are now assisting, going to begin to assist Iran to be victorious over Israel. China is too far away. The Belt and Road, the old uh, trading route, the Silk Road is still not complete. It's not complete yet. China's not coming to this war. China has a war in seven years beyond the Russian war, the War of Armageddon. China will be at war, complete total war with Islam, already is. Many nations are at war with Islam. Nations now are beginning to put up barriers to, to extradite Muslim terrorists out of their countries. The, according to the prophecies in Genesis, these Arab people would be angry. These sons of Ishmael and the interbreeding with the sons of Esau, they would be a very violent, angry people by nature. And they have been able to, to conceal what, what they really are. But the Bible says that in the time now from this point forward, the nations will really start to address the matter of not just... There are Muslims that are not extreme. Extreme terrorism is what is going to be addressed initially. Within Islam, there's a, again, like I stated before in the program, there is, it is a kingdom that is broken into hundreds of different groups. And these groups are at war with each other. You hear about Muslims against Muslims all the time. They'll, they have one, there's one thing that will, will bring a unity, and that is the hatred of Israel. That will make them one. You, you, if you have one common denominator, then they'll work together. Israel is that common denominator, but God says Israel is going to destroy these enemies. King David in Psalm 118, verse 8, 9, 10. Put your trust in the Lord. Put no confidence in man. Put your trust in the Lord. Put no confidence in princes. The enemies have surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, David said, I will destroy them. They have surrounded me. They encompassed me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. And Israel is going to be victorious in this battle. It's impossible to believe. It's crazy to believe that Israel can beat Hamas in Jordan. 
I'm sorry, in uh, in uh, the Gaza Strip, and then Israel can defeat Hamas in Lebanon, and the terrorist groups in Syria, and then the groups in present-day Jordan from north to south. It seems impossible, but David said, in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. And Benjamin Netanyahu is going to defeat Goliath and all of his brothers. There were five, five of these kings, or the five of these uh, Goliaths. The Goliath had four other brothers. David picked up five stones to kill them all. He killed Goliath. Benjamin Netanyahu is the David presently in type who is going to beat all of these children, these giants that are coming to destroy Israel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Present, I'm sorry. We'll be back. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TehiboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TehiboTeaClub.com. Okay, I'm going to go to Amos chapter 1. All these verses I'm giving you are the proof that Israel is going to win this battle. It's the proof that God is with Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is with them. They're going to win these battles. Goliath and all of his brothers are going to be destroyed. Benjamin Netanyahu in the type of David is going to win these battles on behalf of the nation of Israel. And then eventually, I believe that the nation will turn on Benjamin Netanyahu. They won't want him to be their king anymore. History, the way that God has put together the scripture is very interesting. Israel comes out of Egypt into the wilderness. They wander for 40 years. Eventually they leave the wilderness. They move into the land, Canaan, where they dwell presently. 
They have wars with the enemies, just like today, and they are victorious. Then Samuel is born. Samuel is the prophet that God is going to give Israel that is going to begin to begin the order of kings over the nation. Every man did what was right in his own eyes in the book of Judges. Everyone did whatever they felt to do. They, they did what was right in their own eyes. It's kind of like the Christian church today. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes and the pastors of the land. But God raised up Samuel. Eventually, it was his duty to begin a succession to bring into to, to make Israel a nation with a king to lead it. Well, the children of Israel didn't want a king that Samuel was going to pick, that God was going to choose. They didn't want God's choice. They wanted, they were watching the Philistines, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Ammonites, Perizzites. They were looking at the kingdoms around Israel, around that area. They said, we want a king like that. This is a good king. We hear they're prosperous. They're protecting the citizens. That's what we want. Samuel was going to give them a king, but they said, no, we want Saul. No, no, they, they said, we want a king. They want a king that they wanted to pick. And so Saul was the choice. Samuel said, okay. Sam, Saul was tall, big, handsome, just exactly everybody wanted a charismatic leader. God said to Samuel, Okay, let's give him Saul. They haven't rejected you, Samuel. They rejected me. Saul is going to take them to battles, but he's going to build his own kingdom the way he wants. And this is what happened, and Saul couldn't fight the battles. He was, from the beginning, nothing but mistakes. So he eventually... Uh, Samuel was told to go to the house of Jesse and there would be a young man. That would be the person to, that Samuel was to anoint. He went and eventually anoints David. I'm, I'm having to shorten this, abbreviate it. David waits, is trained, and become, he fights his battles and he becomes king. And now you have the king that man wanted was was uh, was a oh what's what uh, what man picks never stands a test. Saul didn't stand the test spiritually or as a king. David was the king after God's heart. So now let's jump to our day, present, presently. Israel has a king that is winning the battles, just like King David. Trained, Netanyahu has been trained for these battles. He's winning the battles. His strategies are working. He has the right people in place. They're victorious. They're going to win the battles. They're going to beat Goliath and all of his brothers, 
Five of them are going to die. Once the battles are finished, the children of Israel are going to say, we don't want King David or Netanyahu as a type. We don't want Benjamin. We want to pick the person we want to pick. We want to pick the uh, who we feel will be the best person to lead Israel. They picked Saul then. God chose David. God chose Netanyahu. The children of Israel are going to pick King Saul. They're going to pick another Saul. And this next administration, the next leaders of Israel, or the individual that's going to be in place after Netanyahu, this Saul, the spirit of Saul will exist on Israel and they're going to pick an individual who is going to sign an agreement with the coming Antichrist. And it's going to bring the punishment in these verses and chapters I've been reading. I haven't been talking about the punishment coming on Israel. Once Israel signs this agreement with Antichrist, it is, it is a divorce papers. Israel is saying, no, we don't want God, just like in the time of 1 Samuel. We don't, want, we don't want God to rule over us. We'll pick the person we want. Again, Israel is going to say, we want an individual to protect us. We'll sign an agreement with another nation so we can be protected from maybe nations or, and also from that other that kingdom they signed the agreement with. And God is going to punish them. Once they sign the agreement, it is a declaration of, of divorce. We don't want God to rule over us. We want a man to rule over us. Israel has just signed a marriage contract with the coming king, which will eventually be Antichrist, the king of Babylon who will become the Antichrist in the future in three and a half years. And Israel is going to be punished. Never before will they have ever made an agreement with another nation like this divorce papers. But in three and a half years in the future, God says, I'm going to annul that agreement. I'm going to annul it. Just like I'm going to annul the divorce pay. I'm going to annul it. I'm going to end it. But still you're going to suffer. Going back to Damascus. I have to read this before the end of the hour. Now Amos is talking about Damascus too. He says, he saw a vision. He said, Lord, he says, the Lord is going to roar, is going to cause everything to shake, to tremble. He's going to roar from Jerusalem. He's going to send his voice clearly so that everyone understands. He's going to make it clear. And from Jerusalem, he's going to speak it. He said, the pastures of the shepherds are going to become dry. 
even the mount of the top of Mount Carmel is going to dry up. Then he says to the people of the area of Damascus, this is what the Lord says. There are three, even four crimes, sins, and transgressions against Damascus. I will punish them. I'm not going to give them a reprieve. They drove over. They threshed. They beat down the people of Gilead with threshing boards that had iron teeth. Verse 4. So I'm going to send fire upon the house of Hazael. Hazael which was the royal dynasty of Syria. Here we have Bashar al-Assad and his royal family. I'm going to destroy the strong towers of Ben-Hadad. These towers are the fortresses, the, the, what they had become in war. They were fortified. But also it implies their spiritual power. I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to break the bar of the gate of Damascus. Everything that has protected Damascus, their military, their wealth, their pleasure, their gods, I am going to break down the gates. I'm going to destroy the king who is in it. Now, he's not only talking about maybe Bashar al-Assad and the, the kingdom of rulers, but he's also talking about a spirit that has ruled powerfully in Damascus. This spirit is going to be relieved of duty. I'm going to break down that bar. I'm going to destroy the king, a spiritual king, an entity, an angel. The one who dwells in the valley of Avon. In a valley of wickedness. Avon means wickedness. Wickedness implies always spiritual forces. As well as the leader, the one who holds the scepter of Beth Eden, even those who rule just, uh, you know, as, as far as rulers in the area, like Bashar al-Assad, his power is going to be gone. The spiritual powers, the gods that they worship, those powers are going to be broken. The people of Aram, Syria, are going to be taken to the country of Kerr, where the Syrians originated, says the Lord. So they're going to be punished, the Syrians, but they're still going to exist. Again, the Lord, at the end of all the punishment, there is the mercy of God upon these people. Then concerning the inhabitants of present-day Gaza, the Egyptians, the uh, they called them back then, those they called them Philistines. They were enemies of God. For the many sins, the crimes, and tr transgressions of Gaza, I'm going to punish them. There will be no reprieve. They're being punished. You have to see that this is God that has prophesied this punishment coming because of the hatred these peoples, even though they came from other areas, the hatred they had toward the children of Israel. Genesis chapter 12, to Abraham the promise. 
I will bless those that bless thee. I will curse those that curse thee. Many people are going to be cursed internationally for their hatred of the Jewish people, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because they won't bless, they're going to be cursed. God will, with each one, the curses will begin upon their lives. Things will begin to change that we may not see. God will begin to just, uh, I don't know. For example, bad things will happen. They'll be, they're going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. If you're blessed, if you bless the children of Israel, you will be at the right place at the right time. If you curse Israel, you'll be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Best way I can explain it. I'm going to punish them. They sold the people of Israel of the one area, whole communities, they sold them as slaves to the children of Esau, to the Edomites in southern Jordan. So I'm going to send fire on the walls of Gaza. Same kind of fire that happened in Damascus. I'm going to destroy and devour them and consume the city's strong buildings. Look what's happening today. I'm going to destroy these buildings, these fortresses, these beautiful palaces. I'm going to destroy them. This is in Amos chapter 1. This is verse 3. God is destroying. He said, I'm going to destroy their buildings. I will destroy the king or the inhabitants, the one who sits in the city of Ashdod, as well as the leader, the one who holds a scepter of Ashkelon. And where is the bombing taking place? Ashkelon, Ashdod. I'm going to turn the people of the city, uh, uh, my hand against the people of the city of Ekron and the rest of the remnant of the Arab people are going, they're, they're, those that stay are going to die. They're going to perish. The armies are going to be destroyed. This is how clear the scripture is. Also, spiritually, this spirit of Hamas, of violence, it is a spirit. It is all over the world today. Islam, internationally, the spirit that controls the people, it's a spirit of violence. You, you watch, you're going to watch the violence in the nations. But at the same time, God is going to deal with the spirit of Hamas, of violence. There is a spiritual power behind it. God, through the power of His Spirit, through the prayers of the Christians, are going to put boundaries on that evil. Now he goes into, in Amos chapter 1, verse 9, the people of Phoenicia. This is up in the area of Lebanon. This is what the Lord says, for many of the sins 
three and four crimes, transgressions of Tyre. I will punish them. I'm going to no reprieve for them. They sold the people of one area, whole communities as slaves to Edom. Everything went to Jacob's brother Esau, Edom, the children of Edom, the families of Ishmael and Esau. They forgot the agreements among relatives they had made with Israel. Again, relatives. And so the Lord says, I'm going to send fire on the walls of Tyre. I'm going to destroy the communities, the city's strong buildings. The palaces are going to be destroyed. Lebanon is being destroyed. There's been, for years, war in Beirut. It's coming once again. And again, it's a spiritual, there's a spirit behind it. Then he goes on in uh, Amos chapter 1, he goes on again to talk about the people of the southern area of present-day Jordan. He also talks about the people in northern Jordan, which is Ammon. So Ammon, Moab, Jordan, uh, Moab, I'm sorry, Ammon, Moab, Edom. In present-day Jordan, many verses in the scriptures that talk about these areas, about areas in Lebanon, in Syria, in the Gaza Strip, in northern Israel. These bombings that are going to take place in northern Israel is going to be in the West Bank. The... Uh, People who live, these Arab Arabs who live in the West Bank have come from Jordan, Iraq, Iran. They've come from Turkey. They've come from Saudi Arabia. They were wanderers 100 years ago. Now they're residents in the West Bank. This was an English plan, and it was a strategy of the devil, actually, to make sure that Israel would never have her own land. Well, the Bible makes it clear there's a time coming when Israel will once again own her land with no enemies in the territory for a while. But then, after Russia, the Russian war, with Iran is over, or ancient Persia, and other nations. When that war is over, then, once again, Israel is going to be inhabited. And by the middle of the tribulation, the Jewish people will, for the most part, not live in Israel. Most will have gone into present-day Jordan. And it says that, uh, how did it phrase it? That that area is going to be given over into the hands of the Gentiles. So the Gentiles are pretty much are going to be living there with just the very, very uh, religious groups because Israel is going to be a uh, center of the new world order. And the New World Order will allow the religious Jews 
to basically control the people of Israel that still live there, that will be in the, in the nation. But Jerusalem and that area will be given over to the Gentiles for a period of time. We're watching prophecy being, you know, it's being fulfilled. And very shortly, the end to the Psalm 83 prophecies will be over. Israel will own Transjordan or Jordan, the nation. Israel will clean out, be victorious over all the Islamic forces in the nation, outside of the, surrounding the nation. That war is over. Then comes the next big war. This is all in the time before the tribulation. Before the tribulation takes place, this war, these two major wars in the Middle East have to take place. When Russia is completely defeated, the United States will now, for the most part, have, you might say, indirectly or direct control over the Middle East. And America will uh, make an agreement with the Jewish people, which will be the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 28, the treaty with death and hell. It will be the fulfillment of Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, a covenant, a treaty, a promise, almost a, almost a blood covenant between Israel and the coming Antichrist. So for the Christians, for we believers, what God's intention is, a, a transition, a transition to see what God is planning. We can't stop it. We can't interfere with it. And God wants His people to be holy and righteous. He wants, and it begins with having an attitude of humility. And I was going to say, thankfulness and gratefulness to the Lord for everything. Even though hard times are coming, we must be grateful. We must be thankful. We must thank the Lord that He chose us to be in this time. So we're going to end the program. Podcast for the Olive Tree program, 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. God bless you. Lord Jesus, I pray for a spirit of thanksgiving, of gratefulness, to, of uh, gratefulness upon your people, that they will be grateful, that they will just worship you, Lord, that they are called into a wonderful time in mankind's history. God bless you. God bless you. Talk to you next week. Rick Rodriguez. 
A lot of radio stations can boast about having two, three, even 500,000 listeners. But what they don't tell you is that their average listener only listens for four minutes. And if they're listening to music, they're constantly changing the channel. Same old boring commentary. Or as soon as a commercial starts playing, they change the station. Here at 1360 KHNC, our listeners listen longer, a lot longer. We have some of the longest continuous listener minutes in the industry. That means our listeners don't change the dial as soon as a commercial starts playing because they don't want to miss one second of their favorite programs. Advertise with AM 1360 KHNC and have your message heard. Call us at 970-587-5003. We have the best rates in Colorado. So call us at 970-587-5003 or 1360KHNC.com. I've learned to stand with people that are in the storm who have courage. You know, there's a man out there other than President Trump and just a few others that have really proven their mettle in the furnace. It's Mike Lindell. You're not going to get better towels, better sheets, better slippers, better beds, better hundreds of products made in America anywhere. It's ridiculous how high quality it is. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. 